Hello there, welcome to my podcast. I'm Sarah Louise, a construction and architectural photographer specialising in the built environment. I'm so glad you've pressed play today. It will be my honour each week to drop a new podcast covering a behind-the-scenes look into photographing buildings and all things related in that space. I'll be covering funny on-site stories, occasional interviews with building industry leaders in the construction and architectural field, as well as tips and tricks on how to best prepare for photo shoots and much more. Really my adventures navigating this fabulous field. So once again, a big thank you for listening. Let's begin. Hey, so today I'm interviewing the one and only Mr. Ben Jackson. Uh, full disclosure, Ben is also my husband. Um, but to, just to tell you a little bit about Ben, Ben's currently a project director for a large construction company in Melbourne. He started his career at 16 years of age as a carpenter and worked his way up, uh, proving himself in all aspects of construction from fit out to large build construction and delivering some of Melbourne's most iconic projects. So thanks for coming on today, Ben. No worries, babe. Can you tell us about your career thus far? Uh, okay, so year 11, early year 11, first two or three weeks, sort of got, I went to a private school but got sort of pushed out um, of the private school, or pushed out or kicked out, whatever you want to call it. Had, didn't know what I wanted to do, went and did started a mechanics apprenticeship did that for about three three weeks uh, at which time i was sick of changing oil washing cars and i quit uh just i suppose luck had it that i fought into a fought, fell into a pre-apprenticeship course in carpentry which i loved which is what my grandfather did everything just fell into place so um did that finished my apprenticeship did a few other bits and pieces as a sort of a, what they call leading hand carpenter. Told I was a bossy prick. Kept doing stuff from there. Worked you still get up. told you're a bossy prick, yep. don't you? All the time, all the time. So I worked my way up from a leading hand to a sub foreman, to a foreman, to a site manager, to a senior site manager, project manager, senior project manager, etc., etc. Um, all the roles had different challenges and all, all, all of the roles have equally challenging um and that's where i am today okay so in the construction field what are you now known for would you say oh you'd say it depends who you talk to but being a pushy prick or being an asshole or getting it done getting the job done <laughs> um okay i want you to pretend you are the ceo of building what three concerns about the industry's future keep you up at night? Okay, so the first, the big one is um, technology. So obviously technology is coming uh, in all industries and in all sectors, including, including the construction industry, but developing an understanding. So if, if we've got a machine that comes along and is able to lay bricks, which puts three bricklayers out of work, what the machine requires people to manage that machine. So what other trades, what other services are developed because of that machine now? So we're all developing as part of the machine, you know, as part of this IT revolution. 
so that's a big one. So we need to we need to stay on top of that. I believe that's a big one. The second one um, would be people. Would be trades. Would be we haven't got enough of them. Uh, would be that we are sent to through an education department that when I was there and from what I see coming out of schools now, uh, teachers are, you know, we're sort of educated, we're brainwashed that if you don't have a university degree, if you don't go to university, if you don't have a diploma, if you don't have all this other bullshit, that you're not going to survive, you're not going to make it in life. So for the bloke that wants to lay carpet or the bloke that wants to lay concrete or place concrete or the bloke that wants to bang nails in for a living... You're a fuck up. You sort of taught that from school, from a very young age at school, which is absolute bullshit because we've got a massive, massive shortage in blue collar workers um, and we need more. So that worries me. Yeah, it deeply worries me. The third one um, would be the financial markets up and down. What are, in, in this country, not all countries, but in this country, what, what do we want? Do we want overseas investment? Do we want do we want the Chinese money? Do we not want the Chinese money? Because with the Chinese money, the apartment construction specifically goes from you know here at a zero overnight without it. Okay, there is some future development, but it was it was a massive, massive, massive boom. It was a boom for the economy, it was a boom for the infrastructure, it was a boom for everything around us. So we need to we need to ascertain as a country or as a state what what are we doing here? What are we? What are we doing here? What's the plan, and what's the future? So they're the three. They're the three things. Okay. I'd like you to tell me a funny on-site story, but try and keep it clean. Oh, here we go. <laughs> so I'm not sure if you know this one, even. Um, long, long time ago, we were finishing off a, a restaurant, just off Collins Street in the city. Uh, it was a very ex- exclusive restaurant owner. So there was a restaurant downstairs, a couple of floors of restaurant, and then there was a couple of floors of office upstairs. The project was done, people were eating downstairs, the job was done and dusted, so it was just a few people on site, if that. Uh, we were cleaning out the side offices. There was a lift to go down, I'd loaded up. Back then I was sort of sub-foreman, so I did a little bit on the tools and a little bit sort of management. Uh, loaded up the lift, jumped in the lift, there was a milk crate there, sat down on the milk crate, and next to me was a couple of really, really, this is showing my age now, people in picture magazines, or Playboy magazines, whichever ones you want to call them, all the same shit. Uh, so I opened a magazine, and I was reading the articles, because they're very informative, not looking at the pictures at all. <laughs> I would hope not. <laughs> um, and then next minute, the the bell rung on the lift, and the doors opened, there was, there was yeah, six to eight people, real estate agents with prospective tenants to at least a, Lease the upper floors, just looking at me with a porno mag in my hand. So I stood up and said the lift was out of order, closed the doors and left the company and never went back. <laughs> you must have died from embarrassment, did you? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like something you'd do. Okay, so teach me something about construction that I don't know in the next five minutes. Okay, construction is mathematics. Uh, it's numbers, it's tracking, it's understanding systems and et cetera, et cetera. So to break it down for you, if you've got, you, you've got 100 days to build, a, to build a job, doesn't matter what job, a house or a commercial building, doesn't matter. In that 100 days, you've got 10 days to install the windows on the job. So 
when you're tracking them, and you've got 10 windows to install. So when you're tracking them, on day one, if I put in half a window, have I got a problem or not? Uh, yes, you have a problem. Uh, if I put in 1.5 windows. And then you're, got, uh, you're, you're doing well. Yeah, what happens if I put in two? And <laughs> then you're roaring along. Flying along, so Flying yes, constructions mathematics. Okay. Tracking and understanding it, that's, that's a big key. Okay. Well, that's interesting. What would you say your most memorable project to date is and why? Okay, I'd have to say 199 William Street in, in Melbourne. So it was a job that no one wanted to touch. The building had been derelict for 10 or so years. Uh, we were lucky enough to find a client that purchased the building and made the feasibility study work. We worked with them, however, still no one really knew what to expect, being that the job like this hadn't been done before. Uh, it was a horizontal extension and a vertical extension of a 22, 23, 22-storey towers. Um, turned into what ended up as 540 apartments, of which 120 of them were hotel rooms. Um, Phenomenally sort of young and even myself, inexperienced team. That all came together and united and created something brilliant. We finished the job six weeks early. We made money for the builder or the company I was working for at the time. The developers sold all the apartments before completion. So it was just a success all round. And people within that job have since become really senior senior leaders within that company and others around Melbourne so it was it was amazing I do know that when I do see people that worked on that project they still talk about it so fondly and um it really seems like you guys were the dream team yeah it was a nice team it was it was a perfect team it was it was brilliant it's good mm. okay now Day to day, how do you convince someone to do something they don't want to do? Ooh, you don't convince them, you work with them. Okay. <laughs> so convincing, I'd say, is, I won't, I won't use the word bullying, but I'll use the word bullying. Uh, but working with someone, sitting down with someone, doesn't matter whether they're a subcontractor, uh, an employee, a colleague, it doesn't really matter. But sitting down with someone and having an open, open discussion and a collaborative discussion coming up with a plan together is the, the way you do it I think yeah okay if I asked three of your colleagues about you what do you think they'd say Ooh. Um, that's a that's a tricky one um, three of my colleagues probably arsehole prick and fuck with <laughs> depends who you talk to okay. I don't know I, I would say that you look you're going to get all sorts you're going to get people that don't like you you're going to get people that do like you so the ones that don't are going to say that one of the first three the ones that do uh, are going to say that he's hard but fair yep yep and that's what I I hear sometimes around the traps that you are hard but fair um I wouldn't be so down down on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but I will never forget that time that I did walk. Uh, I did photograph one of your projects and at that time there was uh, some pretty, let, let's say, um, scathing things written about you on the lift walls. Not the first time? Yep. So that, I mean, I just, I just laughed when I saw it. But, um, yeah, that just means that you're doing your job right. Uh, yeah, most of the time, yeah. <laughs> okay. You're in charge of 20 people on site. I want you to organise them to set up a site. Okay. So we don't need 20. Okay. So you can send 15 back. Okay. Yes. Okay. So you're going to need one person to set up essential services, being electricity and plumbing. Yep. You're going to need another one to organise site security. Yes. You're going to need another one to organise site accommodation. Yes. So you're talking side sheds. Yeah, side sheds, this and that. Now, you're going to need one more to organise side furniture. Yes. And then you're going to need one more to set up the safety aspects, being the uh, are you safe at work posters, the induction registers, the QA, quality assurance paperwork, and this and that and the other. So there's five. Okay. And I'll have lunch. (laughs) Um, Yeah, okay. So... For those people out there that don't work in construction, yeah. why don't you tell them what your average day looks like? I mean, I know you did long hours, you have countless emails, your phone starts ringing at sometimes six in the morning and it's still ringing at eight o'clock at night. Yep. Um, but tell us what your day would look like, an average day. So it's a little bit erratic, so I'll probably I'll give you a worst case because it's up and down. There's, there's, there is good time, so don't be sort of yeah, misconstrued, there is good times in construction where you do get away early in that. But when a job is coming to completion and it's full on, the alarm probably goes off at about 5 a.m. You're out of bed, you're in the shower and you're in the car by 5.30. At work by 6, 6.30, depending on where the site is. Usually by 6.30, you've usually received or made one or two phone calls. Um, First meeting is usually about 6.30. It's a pre-start meeting with the site. You will have probably back-to-back meetings with maybe a half an hour or 15-minute break between them between 6.30 and 5.30 to 6 o'clock at night, depending on depending on how the day is. During that time, you'll probably get in excess of 250 emails and probably 40 to 50 missed calls, which you have to return. After 5.30, 6 o'clock at night, all the site guys have left for the day. You sit down, do your emails. You jump in the car at seven. You're on the way home. You return as many phone calls as you have. You can, uh, given the time frame, and you walk in the door at 7.30, 8 o'clock, maybe 8.30 at night. Have a quick feed, dive into bed, and do it all again the next day. So that's me. It sounds pretty busy. Not much downtime. No. Although I know that you do sometimes have time to have a bit of a laugh with people on site how do you sort of manage um keeping the morale up at work oh okay so look there's a number it's ever evolving says so there's no right way or wrong way but we on a recent job we did we did a let's call it a what's important to your meeting so we sat around a room and we said 
to every, and there was 30 people in the room or 25 people in the room, we said, what's important to you? So, for example, important to me at that time, and it, it, it's always forever changing, but what was important to me at that time is getting away at two o'clock on a Friday so I can take Samuel to karate. Yes. What's important to Joe Blow was to go on date night with his wife at three o'clock on a Wednesday. So we all took turns and we made a register. Uh, so that was a way. We did team functions. So we went to the Melbourne Cup. We actually all ended up in the birdcage. So that's a way of keeping morale up. We do Friday lunches. So every Friday we pick a new cuisine and we all throw in five bucks or ten bucks and we go and buy a new cuisine. And there's a number of different ways. But as long as, as, long as you're all talking, you find the morale's good. Yeah. Well, that sounds good. Um... So this is a bit of a sticky one, I guess. Why do you think wages in construction are higher, I guess, than in some of the other fields? Oh, it is a sticky one because I can't really answer it, honestly, because there's a, there's a whole lot of variables. But um, you, one of the, part of the reason is you, you do sacrifice a lot. So as you know that... I can have best intentions over the years of, of being somewhere and it goes to shit on site and I'm home at four o'clock the next morning. Yeah. I just don't get there. Yeah. Uh, the job comes, not first, but the job, you're, you're paid to make those sacrifices. Yes. Um, and I, I'm a big believer, as you know, it's, everything comes to sacrifice. So do you want the salary? In order, if you say, yes, I want that salary, yeah, it's going to come as a sacrifice and after sacrifices sometimes dropping everything, including yeah. including family commitments to get there and do what you've got to do and finish your job. So people should know that if they are interested in getting into construction, it's definitely not a nine-to-five. No, 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 eyes wide open. Yeah. It's not easy. Okay. But rewarding. Yes. What advice would you like to give to some young graduates starting out? Build relationships. Shut your fucking computer down. Don't look at your stupid fucking emails. Build relationships. Look people in the eye. Talk to them. One-on-one like human beings. Because it doesn't matter how much technology is in the world. When I'm in the shit and I need something done or I fuck something up and I need it fixed, I pick my phone up and I ring a friend and I say, I'm fucked. I need your help. And that relationship comes from talking, not from emailing. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing like human connection, is there? Exactly. Okay. Well, that sort of concludes my questions for you today, babe. Beautiful. Thank you for coming on. It's been an absolutely Mm -hmm. fun time to pick your brain and hopefully our listeners learnt a thing or two. Can I just say I'm so proud of you and all you've accomplished, not only in your career but also as a human being. And I've been told by many (laughs) of your colleagues over the years that you've been a fabulous mentor to some of them. And I know that you're probably going to cop a bit of shit tomorrow or next week (laughs) for the interview. So boys and girls, please be kind to him. (laughs) Um, Love you lots, babe. Love you too. So next week, I'll be sharing a story or two of how I landed my first big client and the follow-on effect from that. Can I also just finish off again by perhaps being a little cheeky 
and asking if anyone would be prepared to leave a review. I would so greatly appreciate that. Um, I guess any traction I can get is awesome and being such a new podcast, um, I've, I, I would really appreciate a good review. Thanks again for listening today and taking time out of your day and pressing play. Until next time, have a great week.